Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, and this is the Heavy Hole Podcast. My co-host, but more importantly, my bandmate, and even more importantly than that, my friend is Rick Habib. Rick, how are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, my friend? We're, we're all <laughs> friends over here. Yeah, it's a real friendly situation we got with this Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you. Kumbaya. <laughs> how you doing over there, Rick? What's new, man? It's been a while since we checked uh, in with you. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a bit yeah, hanging in there, man. You know... Uh, just getting things done as much as possible, uh, whatever that means. I don't. I don't want to know what that means. Does Tony? <laughs> does Tony Baldon know what that means? <laughs> getting things done in all aspects of life. You know, yeah. you just try to do a little of this, a little of that, and it becomes a lot of everything. Yeah. You don't have much time for anything else. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. This, then it spirals the downward spiral in the words of a great industrial uh, artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What? So. I know you guys were busy recording with mm. Gray Sky. That has that has ceased production now. That's that's wrapped. Well, it's wrapped up, as they say, right? No, okay. it's halfway done. Uh, oh. Vocals. So we got eight songs. Four of the songs are done, and uh, now I go in in about two weeks and uh, do two more, and then another two weeks after that I do two more. So it'll be done by um, in about a month. Okay, it'll be completely finished and in the hands of Mister Swano. And uh, I don't even have to. Uh, I don't even have to shop the album uh, because uh, it got picked up. As as uh, my friends, some of my friends, as you uh, know already, but not many other people know. So you yeah. don't have to do anything. It's getting put out by a very awesome label, which we'll uh, talk about down the line. Now, hell yeah! Um, I I'll go ahead and say big shout to Trick Daddy and Slip and Slide Records. <laughs> We got some other things with uh, Reeking Aura, Thetis, Afterbirth, Friends of the Family. We're going to talk about yeah, yeah. a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk about some upcoming uh, public uh, live music events going on in, in the New York State area, man. Yeah, a lot of crazy shit, man. Yeah, a lot of crazy shit, man. I've, a lot of crazy shit in my basement, man. I've been doing some home renovation in my parents' house. Oh, I thought you were throwing shows or something. No, you know, I that 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 might be where this load this 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 load is flushing or this road is leading. We'll see. But um, uh, yeah, man, finding all sorts of like old artifacts. I found um, what was that? I found like a, a compilation with the band Harvest, the hardcore band Harvest. It was like the punk, what's punk mm. compilation. If people remember, it was like a it was like a, a marketed punk compilation that was in tower records but it had like actual hardcore bands man and i knew, um, I knew a guy in a band harvest a different band though huh. yeah Shout out to AJK. Yeah, yeah that's uh yeah the isley the, the isley brothers the world's harvest uh right. it's a beautiful album and shout out to the isleys out there man eight you know the isley brothers uh famed r&b uh Dyna- mm-hmm. dynasty uh the isley brothers eight decades in the game eight decades with songs on the charts yeah well that's when a lot of brothers and like so you know they kind of pay at certain points they passed it down so like the first two or three decades those guys weren't even in in there for like the big hit run in the 70s man but somebody i was there with uh talking about the world's harvest we're going all across the world today because moscow russia is home to yuri of the band cryptic disillusion he's also in a few other acts such as exist enslaved uh that we're going to talk about this evening i got down to the bottom of it with this uh young man uh fronting a russian old school death metal band
This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than Yuri from Cryptic Disillusion, a death metal band based out of Moscow, Russia. Did I get that correct, sir? Yes, yes, exactly. Welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. Uh, of course, man. And, you know, we were just talking behind the scenes about how you and some of your bandmates are involved in other projects. Right yeah, now, yeah. Um, the listeners of my program may be familiar with Cryptic Disillusion. You've recently released um, your debut album on Dismal Fate Records, and we're going to get into that a little bit. But just okay. be before we talk about Cryptic Disillusion, I ask all of my guests a little background about how they got into music and metal. So are you from a musical family? Are there other musicians in your family? Or was there anyone in your upbringing that got you into hard rock and heavy metal as a kid? Uh, okay. Um, there's no musicians in my family. This My family is uh, basically... Uh, engineers and uh, something like that and but my father my father back in the days he was a, a big uh, I think heavy metal fan especially uh, uh, the British heavy metal um, period uh, the bands like you know Manila Road Jaguar Iron Maiden and something like that and when I was I think I was five uh, five or six I started uh, uh, to listen with uh, uh, their uh, his records yeah uh, he's um, um, doing a lot of workout every day, and uh, he had a really big audio system in our apartments. And uh, he listened a lot of really nice and old school uh, classic records, and I listened them with him. And uh, I think from from this moment, I started to get into heavy metal music, uh, and so this is my start, I think. Okay, and, um, you know, I, I ask everybody this. Where you grew up, obviously, I'm not a very well-educated uh, man. I don't know much about uh, Russia. Are you fr originally from the Moscow area, and when you were growing up, was it easy to find record stores um, or to see live bands that were playing heavy metal? Uh, I think uh, we have many, you know, something like, black shops <laughs> i don't know how to describe it in english uh with uh the bootlegs uh, yes. many many bootlegs yes uh, the cds the tapes the vinyls and uh, when i was kid we with my friends we go to uh, some types of stores and buying different records we uh there is there is no internet at, at that time and we don't know how to find something so we come to shop and asked uh the guy from the shop so do you have something new especially in black metal in death metal in heavy metal and he gives us, us different records so this is how i find uh, different wonderful bands just for asking some guy in the shop to give me some discs so something like that uh when uh, internet uh, came up in russia so there's more ways to uh, find some records find some bands so I think something like that. Yeah. Okay, and so you mentioned that your father kind of got you on a jump start with with the more traditional heavy metal. Where do yes, you, yes. and then you then I guess the these um these shops that have bootlegs uh there, there's there's people that kind of like introduce you to death metal and more extreme metal there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of my friends who been older than me, uh, he, uh, he, uh, 
especially one guy, I remember him from uh, school. He's, a, you know, a big adept of black and death metal. So he was totally black with long <laughs> black hairs. And um, it, I see, I seen him in school with big, uh, you know, um, uh, CD player. And uh, I think every day uh, when when he met, he met me at the time, he give, uh, gave me a, a CD or tape uh, with words, you must listen to this, you must listen to that. This is uh, uh, one of the most important bands in this uh, time period and stuff like that. And from him, he was a really strange guy. He was a really strange guy with a really strange attitude at the time. But from him, I, uh, growing up, listening to really many really awesome bands that I listen now. So thank you, thank you him for that. <laughs> okay. And at some point, now tell us about what, how old are you when you begin playing guitar? Is guitar your first instrument, I should ask? And yes, how old are yes, you? yes, yes. I'm 30 right now. I started playing guitar, I think I was 14 or 15, something like that. Uh, I remember I bought my first guitar and, uh, you know, uh, in uh, the... Um, um, uh, product shop, a big product shop like uh, Super Malls. Uh, we have Oshan, Oshan, like uh, the French mark of the shops here. And uh, the, uh, at that time, there is a little musical department in in that shop. And uh, these shitty guitars for about I don't know fifty bucks or forty bucks for just for the beginners. And I bought this guitar, and this is my start where I started playing guitar. I think. And uh, after, I think, three, three or four months of trying playing guitar, I think that I must go to um, uh, the music school uh, here in Moscow. So I gradu uh, graduated there so and uh, starting to have a lessons. Okay. Um, and do... How, how old are you when you have your first live music experience, when you attend a concert? I think uh, I was something like 17 or 18. This is a really strange gig in the um, um, church <laughs> uh, near my house. Uh, we have a, re a rehearsal space there. And uh, one of the guys who um, uh, managed the rehearsal space asked us if we want to play on the something like, you know, uh, um, rock and gates, drugs, concerts, something like this. And this is a really funny uh, show. Uh, many fathers, many moms comes to the show to listen to their child. You know, many um, uh, guys from the street just listening to some music come to the church and listen to this. So this is really strange, but this is, I think, a really fun time. And I really like that. That I, you know, this is a very important moment. I think. Uh, when you start, uh, when you start to play, you must play uh, a little bit of shitty shows in strange places. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you're growing up as a musician, as a person, when you're hitting up, you know, the good clubs or big venues, you know, uh, you f you feel that. So you you feel this growing from the uh, local school musician to a really great, you know, player and uh, composer, something like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely part of the journey. You have to uh, yes, yes. Pay, pay dues, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so 
Now, I I know um, if I have the story right, you hook up with your drummer, Nick, yep. uh, around 2018, and you guys actually started out as a more of a gore grind band called Constrained Ferocity. Yes, yes, that's totally correct. Uh, we started, yes, we started like something like uh, 2018 uh, as, uh, I, I don't say this is a gore grind. I think this is, you know, some kind of um, uh, something between the cyanide and uh, uh, the general surgery. So something means this is, uh, this is a really interesting thing about death grind genre. So this is, this, this genre is different to any people that I met. So something, uh, some people think, Think that uh, death grind is more grindcore than death metal. Other people think that uh, death grind is more death metal than grindcore. So for me, uh, when we play as two, we, we play as a two piece, I sing and playing guitar, and Nick is hitting the drums. I think this is uh, the, this type of uh, death grind where death metal is uh, more the, more than grindcore. So uh, when we um, uh, decide to rejoin as a cryptic dissolution. Uh, we just uh, deleted the grindcore, uh, you know, part from the music and just hitting the death metal more. So this is the thing. Okay. And did you, so, I mean, you talked a little bit before about like um, evolving as a, as a musician in terms yes, of the different yes. venues. It, it sounds kind of like between uh, Constrained Ferocity and Cryptic Disillusion, you guys um, evolved a little bit in terms of your yes. ability to play metal, especially songwriting, song development, yes. songwriting, that sort of thing. So it's always just been you and Nick jamming um, as the, the core. Uh, yes, I think we'll, we're we both evolving as musicians, me and Nick. Uh, I evolved as a sound engineer in this in that period of time. And uh, uh, I... I remember when uh, one one day we came to rehearsal space as as a constraint ferocity, and Nick told me, "Hey, maybe you want to do something more than constraint ferocity." And I think, uh, yeah, why why not? Why not? Because uh, you know when you're playing uh, as as under under someone's name or you're playing as a band for four or five years, something misses misses. So uh, fre freshness of I don't, I don't know freshness of music freshness of uh, feelings about your music freshness about playing some some songs and other things. So I think uh, the cryptic dissolution for both of us is a really uh, you know like a fresh air something like that uh, by that period of time. It makes sense. I totally understand. Um... And you guys, um, like I said before, you guys put out your first uh, full-length album, Morbific Reminiscences in Physical Forms, um, yes. on Dismal Fate Records. People can check that out. And since then, you've taken on an additional band member, right? Yes, yes. Uh, we met Andrew, our bass player, and uh, one of the venues where, where we're hanging up, usually. And... You, you know, I uh, go to gigs n not to listen music. <laughs> I go to gigs to recruit musicians <laughs> for most of the <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. So uh, I've seen him on the stage playing with another band. And after the show, I uh, come to him and uh, ask, hey, dude, we're playing death metal. Would you like to join us in our new band? And he said, yeah, why not? <laughs> so this is a whole story. It's just easy. <laughs> okay. Well, is there a big death metal community 
uh, where you're from and a big, a big, big local scene for death metal? Uh, you know, this is a tough question uh, because uh, I think old school death metal. If if we uh, if we're talking about this uh, type of death metal, there is no many bands in Moscow or in Saint Petersburg. We have a lot of death metal bands in Russia, but especially old school death metal bands is about five six bands in uh, Moscow and uh, five six bands in Saint Petersburg. We both know each other and uh, having is uh, I don't know um, good good relations relationships between us so yeah so would you say that overall like the more modern kind of slamming guttural style of death metal is more popular you know this is um, this is tough because of this many people called uh, many people place music and they take 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 himself as a death metal and when you start to listen to this music uh you think wait 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 wait, wait dude this is not a death metal <laughs> this is something you know groove or trash or something i don't know how to describe this genre this is not death metal this is something else but uh, guys call this uh death metal or old school death metal this is a really strange so I know bands, you know, like Gesudar, uh, Another Side, uh, Caustic Vomit, Grond, and this is uh, like you know a proper, properly good old school death metal. I don't want to say shit about somebody <laughs> in my country, but uh, not all bands in Russia are old school death metal and death metal are either. Okay. So, all right, yeah, well, around here we usually call a lot of bands deathcore or metalcore, you know, to, to, to kind of d- differentiate from, like, the more, you know, the traditional death metal yes, and the modern. Yes. But it's all, yeah, it's all your uh, your preference, man. But um, in terms of, like, culture and society, is it frowned upon to play death metal and extreme music? Is, do you ever run into any any sort of um, criti- criticism, maybe from religious people or, or things like that? I think um, the most hate that band uh, can have in Russia if you're playing, you know, anti-Christianic black metal. Uh, but I don't know how this happens, but this type of hate uh, comes especially the foreign bands that come to play to Russia, mm. they can have this hate. But bands who played in Russia and lived in Russia and uh, making music in Russia, I don't remember situations when the Russian band is been banned by I don't know Christianic people or something like that. So this is really strange. I don't know how how this works, but I see. Okay, I understand. I th- and I think you know. I, th- I think it might have been. Um... Was it Behemoth? There, there's several bands yes, over, yeah, yes. who've had issues. I know, not, but, not, but uh, I think Batushka and Behemoth, ah, yeah. and Belfigur, yeah, yeah. They they have been banned in Russia. I don't know why. I don't I don't know how this happens, but still. Yeah, well, you also have. Ba- I know, like for instance, I believe it was Marduk or Gorgoroth were banned from Poland for similar reasons. So there's a lot of countries that have this sort of situation happen. Yes, um, yes, it, it it does happen. And um, in the United States, I know that we have a lot of issues with getting bands over from from other countries. Like you'll have bands that have to cancel tours and festival appearances within the United States because of visa trouble. And you know who who know? I don't. I don't I'm not not. Sometimes it has to do with criminal records or very like small 
offenses in the past. It's not even a religious thing. But these these are all the type of things that I guess we have to deal with as um in the underground metal scene. You know, uh, it, it, it is what it is. What for you personally? Because I know. You have obviously a love for the old school death metal, the kind of like, um, you know, you mentioned General Surgery, you mentioned Cyanide, these types of bands. What do you think it is that that all of this uh, does for you, that 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 um, you, you're, just, you're so dedicated to, to not just death metal, but this particular style of death metal? Do you want to describe it and maybe why you feel it um, is so special for you and your bandmates? You know, uh, the first thing I heard from death metal is the Swedish scene. So bands like Entombed, bands like this member and uh, other other guys from the scene. And this is, I think, this is uh, they, the, that bands was my first take on death metal when I was growing up and listen a bunch bunch of music, searching for Bandcamp, buying some records from friends or uh, from distros. This is, I think this is like uh, some types of death metal. So we applying to the mid-tempo death metal. So some, so bands like Cyanide, Atsifalix, um bands like, you know, um, some modern bands like Frozen Soul, uh, bands like Outer Heaven. And uh, I, I think they're from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if I wrong, I don't really remember. So yeah. Uh, uh, we d- dedicated to this uh, sp- special type of death metal. This is uh, middle uh, t- tempo death metal. And I think this is uh, the biggest possession for all members of the cryptic dissolution. So we don't like this, you know, fast, like obscuric, um, blast beats, blast beating, you know, uh, black net death metal. So I. It's not a bad genre, I must say, but this is uh, I, I, my heart don't pumping when I listen to mm-hmm. this type of music, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, when I listen to something like obituary slowly we wrote themes, you know, like to pat pat to pat pat to pat. I was I want to scream, you know. I want to <laughs> I, I don't know. I want to smash someone or something around me. <laughs> so I think so. This is our possession in the death metal genre. I, I understand, man, and I think, you know, you mentioned Frozen Soul and Outer Heaven. I think this style is coming back in a lot of ways um, the last several years and is because uh, I'll, I'll just speak for me, myself personally. I feel a lot of modern bands um, with the overly triggered drums and the electronic kind of sterile production sound, it, it just got old and it got harder to tell certain bands apart from one another and sometimes you want to hear a band that sounds more like how they sound in their rehearsal room or in the live experience you know what i mean and you want the drums you don't want the snare drum to sound like a sampled hit you know that sort of thing you know it's there's a there's there is a little bit more organic life in um uh the old ways of doing things you know that sort of thing totally totally so when you went in to record your album I know you worked with an engineer and a studio that has um that has covered a lot of ground over there in Russia and recorded many bands, right? Yes, this is uh, Sergei uh, from Arcona Band. This is like a folk metal <laughs> band from Russia. I think they're really popular in the other parts of the world, and many people know them. Yes, uh, absolutely, Arcona. And now working with, I mean. F- I'll just ask you, what what was it like working with him? Was this your first experience meeting him and working with him? Uh, no, I worked with him with another band many time many times ago. 
uh, he's a g really great sound engineer. He is a really great musician. He knows how things, uh, how to do things, especially about metal music. So there's no problem uh, with with wor working with him. So uh, he's, you know, he's like a robot, but in a good way. So he <laughs> sees, he do things, and he sends you the final result of your work. Okay, man. So. I yeah, that, and it's, nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> it sounds like he got it. Like he like because we're talking about this sound that you guys were going for this kind of old school um, uh, thing we're, we're talking about right now. It sounds like he really was able to dial that in for you. And, yeah, and yeah, give you that. totally. So no no triggers, uh, no copy pasting. Just sitting in studio and writing songs. <laughs> That's all. Okay, and it was just at that, like we said before, it was just you yourself and your drummer Nick um, recording all the parts for that for that particular album. Yes, yes, yes. With that being said, are there any plans for um, a follow up release of any sort, or are you guys just focusing now on getting the material out and pr promoting it live? Uh, you know, we're preparing a split with another really cool band. I don't want to talk about it okay. uh, too much uh, right now, but I think. Uh, we hit in the studio in April in this year to record our parts for the split. And I think uh, maybe in May or June or July, we want to release it. So wait for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome. We will. And we hope the listeners do. And like we were talking about prior to the interview behind the scenes, you and your bandmates are also all involved in a band called Exist Enslaved. Yes, um, yes. Which is a little bit more on the crust punk slash uh, thrash uh, yes. end, end of things. Not to box you guys in, but I want to know if maybe you would like to talk about that a little bit. Yes. Uh, in Existing Slave, uh, the same members of Cryptic Dissolution uh, and one uh, female vocalist. Uh, we play something like, uh, as I said before, uh, something like Broken Bones, uh, uh, Extinction of Mankind, Excrement of War, something like, you know, the mix of crust punk and uh, a trash metal. Someone call, call this genre a stage core, something called this trash core. I don't know. Uh, this is, uh, I think, p people decided uh, what, what they want, <laughs> you know. Uh, we formed this band, I think, in 2021, uh, if, if I remember correctly. And right now we have one LP where I recorded and uh, engineered all the parts. So this is my release from the start to the, uh, to the finish, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we have a bunch of shows, you know, we uh, have, a re have a, re a really good support in Russia and other uh, uh, parts of the world uh, we work right now with uh, Italian uh, label uh, called uh, Sistema Martal and uh, they release uh, our uh, first LP on um, cassettes so really nice guys thank you them for releasing us so if you really into some crust punk I think something like maybe broken bones or something like you know uh, <coughs> Uh, f Finnish scene or American scene or Britain punk rock. So check us out. Really cool music. <laughs> yeah, uh, d I definitely highly recommend it. This is all available on Bandcamp and other platforms so people can look yes, up. Yes. 
Um, and the style that you guys play with um, Existence Slaved, it's, it's, it's definitely different from Cryptic Disillusion, but it's not surprising because they're both old, kind of old-fashioned takes yes, yes. on um, extreme music. And you, you, did, you, bring, you brought up that you engineered and recorded the uh, Existence Slaved album. Could you take us a little bit? Was that like in a, bringing your gear into a rehearsal room, or do you have a studio that you operate out of, or...? No, I don't have a studio. I, as you say, uh, I bring all my uh, equipment in the rehearsal space, and we, I think, tracking for about four or three days. And then I uh, take all the tracks to my home. I have a computer. I have a monitor. So I have something like mini studio here in my home. And uh, after, I think, uh, two or three weeks, we have the result. That's all. Okay, man. Um, And... You you mentioned about playing shows, playing out live. This is something I wanted to ask. Like I said, I've you know I've never been to Russia. I'm not altogether too familiar with the layout. I do know it's a very large country, and yes. <laughs> I wanted to ask you if there's a comparison here. I do know that when bands tour Canada, they have to take very long uh, uh, van rides between cities because it's so vast, and they often encounter very harsh winter weather on those long distances. Is there a comparison there, maybe, when touring in Russia? Uh, you know, uh, touring in Russia is hard for one reason. Um, we don't have um, really big punk and metal community in Russia. So if you come into one city or another, there is, I think, 10 to 20 people who are really into punk or metal music. And other people is like, don't know what's happening. Then they come to the concert and uh, see band playing live. They think, okay. This is totally a rock band, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and something like that. And uh, when the, when this type of people come uh, come to talk with you uh, after the show, uh, they say uh, different, uh, you know, uh, funny things like, you know, oh, th- th- this is a really strong heavy music, or this is a really hard music that i want to listen when i work uh, uh, in, in on my work uh, something like that sorry for my, <laughs> i uh, a little bit nervous uh so you know uh, there's um not many people that really into the music uh the people thinks that if you play in the metal it's something uh, angry and you know spooky and something like that and they don't really understand what's happening when mm-hmm. they come to show. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think this is the main problem in Russia. Uh, and uh, the, the second one in the venues. Uh, I think I think this problem is common to another part of the world, but in Russia, venues is a really big problem. Because one venue is closing, opening an- another venue. This venue is closing because of the economical things and something like that. So I think this is a second big problem. So I think okay, something I, like that. I can relate to to both things honestly. Um, what you were saying before you, you, uh, was funny about like guy, you know, people coming up to you at shows who don't really know about metal, but they're like, oh, I, I, like we kind of we kind of get that. Where I'm I'm from Long Island, New York, so I'm not really in New York City. We're more in like the um, uh, 
the suburbs and the working working class kind of industrial part outside of New York City. So you, sometimes you will have people wander into shows who just are there to get drunk. They have no idea about underground music and culture. Yes, yes. And then sometimes <laughs> these guys will see people moshing and they get the wrong idea and they just go in there to, to start throwing haymakers and kicking people. You know, like they think it's an actual fight. And we have all sorts of dumb stuff that happens. So yeah, I, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Absolutely the same situation in Russia. This, uh, you know, some old guys drinking vodka <laughs> or beer yeah. and uh, starting to smash everyone. <laughs> this is yeah. This is really the same situation in Russia. Yeah, I've seen it happen, man. If, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with the American band uh, Full of Hell. Um, but uh, yes, I know this band. Really, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice guys. Uh, many years ago, they played in my area, and we the exact that exact thing happened. This this local guy who had no idea about metal was there just getting drunk. I think he was the the bartender's boyfriend or something, and he um uh he just he went in and he tried to grab the microphone away from the singer just so he could start screaming, and you know, a bunch of kids took him out of the place and kicked him out of the show. But yeah, we we have that happen here, man, and and unfortunately the venues closed down too. It's you know there's there's not a lot of money in this type of music, you know. Yeah, I think the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, man. Well, um, I appreciate your time, Yuri, and 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 as we close out, I have to credit. Um, you also you did a print interview recently in. Uh, what was it? VM um, Underground, yes. VM Underground, yeah. It's from the Netherlands. Yes. It's a, a metal fanzine. Yes. People yes. can check that out online. And I have to credit that because I, I I took something from that. Two of my favorite, we have two favorite albums in common, not surprisingly given that this is a metal show, but you said that Black Metal by Venom is your island album, I guess, meaning if you had one album to take on an island for yes, the rest. Yes, this is my Desert Island album. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little because... Maybe just give me, what's your first experience with Venom Black Metal and listening to that album and being exposed to it? I think first, uh, I've, I hear this album on CD. I think uh, this is, uh, I borrow I borrow this uh, CD from my one of my friends at that time. And uh, first thing uh, that I, um, when I, when I listen to the CD and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay. This is a really raw music. <laughs> why the sound? Why the sound like they playing? I don't know in the in the basement or in something like you know under the rock type of thing. And uh, uh, then I started listening more and more of the CD. I'm like, dude, I want to play like this. Mm. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> this is awesome. And uh, many many years passes. I listen a lot a lot of music, but this album is my favorite. I you know I I want I, I can listen uh, every I, I every day can listen this album for one hundred percent. Yeah, I um I was gonna look and find it right now, but I've I have too many tapes. But yeah, I I have that album on cassette, and I had it for now probably almost twenty twenty five years because I bought it when I was in high school. Uh, I'll make a long story short. We had I had an older friend in high school who, and you know, when you're in high school, if somebody's even one or two years older than you, that seems yes, like a big yes. deal. So we thought this guy knew everything about heavy metal, and he was like the heavy metal doctor. He would tell us, you know, what bands to listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So Thank one you. day we were at a music store that sold guitars and instruments, and there was a little box with used cassettes. And uh, as we were walking, he goes, "Oh, Venom Black Metal, you should buy that." So of course I bought it, you know, and I still have it to this day. And at that point, I was listening to Deicide, Cannibal Corpse, you know, more brutal death metal and i wasn't so much into the old school variety like venom like that was you know that was a little bit um of an older generation to me and that made it click 
to me. Like, you know, that kind of made it click, like the kind of old school 80s. Um, not, try to think of the right words, but you know, that vintage sound, man. Really great yes. album. Their sound is really unique. And uh, I don't I don't think someone who, uh, can recreate this sound right right now or in, in the 80s or in the 90s. There's something in sound, something in vocals that so unique that obsessed you, you know, something yeah. like that. I think for some of these classic older albums, you couldn't recreate them without a time machine. You know, yes, there's just something yes. in the atmosphere, <laughs> man. And uh, well, and another one I wanted to squeeze in here. We can't talk about uh, every album, but you also mentioned Cadaver, Hallucinating Anxiety. Um, that's yes. that's something that's very close to my heart, too. Yes, man. Uh, I think one of the most important things about this album is the riffs. So uh, they're so, you know, uh, so they're not so, I think, um, hard to understand, but they're so punchy, they're so heavy in a good way, you know, and they're so remember uh, rememberable, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I, uh, growing up playing guitar, I play a lot of cadaver songs. I listen to them uh, uh, on cassettes or on CD and trying to recreate uh, their guitar parts. So this is a really uh, big part of my guitar playing, and there, this band really, you know, uh, have big influence on me at the time where I started playing guitar, especially metal guitar. They they put out a, an album. What was it last year or the year before? They 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 they, they were on a big push uh, recently, Cadaver, with their new album, and I I was wondering if that was going to maybe result in. Re repressing um, hallucinating anxiety because obviously that's a very difficult one to come by a physical form of. I don't know if you own it. Uh, I owned it on LP back in the days, but I sold it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I know. <laughs> I only know this because I regularly check Discogs and eBay and look it up. I I, I allegedly have a bootleg CD of it um, from somewhere, but I, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain, man. Yes, yes. Classic I'm album. I'm totally stupid about this. <laughs> <clears throat> Classic album. What are you going to do, man? Sometimes it happens to the best of us. And Yuri, uh, before I let you go, we're already talking about albums. I always conclude every interview by asking the guest to recommend one newer uh, release and one older release by any artist you like. It could be a demo or an album or whatever, and it could be metal or any genre of music. Just something a little bit older and something more recent um, to recommend to myself and the listeners. Okay, I must check my phone <laughs> for the new release or and uh, old release. Okay, so uh, one of the most, I think... Uh, like most likable releases in my you know uh, apple music uh, program <laughs> i don't know how to name it uh this is a lowest creature band with uh, their album sacrilegious pain you know it's something like you know power trip type of metal uh, this is a many bands that play like something like power trip but this band i don't know they have something in vocal and something in guitars that I really liked. Uh, this is uh, for the new band. For the old band, you know, I really dig into Unleashed, Live in Vina, uh, 93, mm. their live album. I don't know. I don't know why, but this live album uh, for me sound, sounded better than their studio albums. I don't know why. 
because maybe because of sound, live sound, maybe because the atmosphere, maybe because something leaf issues. But man, this album is totally rock. I listen in about 50 times on, on <laughs> this week and after week. So this just awesome. If you uh, find some find uh, LP or uh, records in the, you know, Discogs, grab them, grab them. This is fucking cool album. Unleashed live in Vienna, 93. Yes. Great year for death. Yeah, Unleashed, you know, when you say that, I, I, I've never heard this particular album, but Unleashed sounds to me like a band that writes for the live experience. Like, they write music that's supposed to be in a big crowded hall with people, you know? It's, yes, yes, yes. Uh, maybe, yes. and I don't, I'm, I don't mean like I'm not saying I, this as a joke, but maybe they're kind of like the ACDC of Swedish death metal, and I mean that respectfully because they get the crowd going, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're more, you know, like live band than the studio band. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And in life, they sound more open. I don't know, more, you know, like aggressive. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I could see that. And and could I just ask you to spell the name of the newer band that you recommended? Oh, okay, yes. Uh, this band is called uh, Lowest Creature. And how is that spelled? Uh, L-O-W-E-S-T and Creature. Like creature. Lowest, <laughs> lowest Creature. Got it. Okay, I yes. just want to make sure I got that. And the listeners can check that out, too. Um, Yuri, I really appreciate your time, man. It's been great talking about your bands. People can, Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. People can obviously check out uh, Cryptic Disillusion on Dismal Fate Records and um, Exist Enslaved. Uh, like you, you, you guys said, you just released your album. And also Constrained Ferocity, if people are curious at the origins of your band. That's all on Bandcamp, and people can look that up on different platforms and follow you on um, Instagram, Facebook, the usual places. What um, signing off now? Any any parting words for listeners of your music and listeners of our podcast? Uh, yeah, why not? Uh, listen uh, to metal music, listen to punk music, respect musicians, buy records, uh, play guitar, play drums, uh, have a good time, and. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. A very, very universal message, man, that I could appreciate. Yuri, I appreciate it, brother. And um, all the best to you going forward this year. We'll be, we'll be keeping our eyes on you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Big shout out to Yuri from Cryptic Disillusion and Existence Slaved and uh, all of his bandmates and their projects. We look forward to seeing what they uh, have to deliver in the near future, man. I appreciate his input. We're going to be continuing this year to try to go all around the world, man. I'm trying to uh, up the international portion of our content, man. Um, so so look for that going forward, man. Shout out to Yuri and all his bandmates. Um, and uh, Rick, you're still with me, right? Still here, man. Rick, we're 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 gonna we're actually gonna stay in Europe right now. We're actually gonna we're gonna stay where it's cold right now. I think because we got some you, you we've peppered in a few recommendations and we gave ourselves some time to marinate on them. I think uh, there's I think we're gonna go to Scandinavia. Uh, yeah, that's that's fact. that's what they call it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's a special place <laughs> for metal anyway i mean there's there's a bunch of i mean we all know something in the water there. something yeah. in the water over there you know what i mean i um but look let's do it uh you want to go first with this one sure the the album that i'm recommending this time here it's a it's an older record it came out in 91 it's a debut from the band sentenced mm. uh it's called shadows of the past Album doesn't really get talked about much, uh, I don't think. Sentence has an interesting trajectory. Are you familiar with this band? They became very melodic and like gothy, and I'm not really sure how to describe, but I kind of, they had a, a record on Century Media in 94 called The Muck, which I had, and that was a pretty good, but I went back and listened to it recently after listening to this record, and uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, you know. Yeah, I'm. It doesn't hold up. I'm kind of peripherally, uh, you know. I know sent. I know of sentenced. I know of their impacts. I've I've read the book Rotting Ways to Misery. So you know, named after Ooh. them about about the Finnish death metal scene, and I've right. you know, so I, I'm familiar with the legacy. Um, the catalog, not as much. I haven't listened to all of their albums. I've I've heard their most recent album, which was very interesting, and I think I spoke about that last year on the show. But this album would probably be the one I really tried with the most in the past, and I'm going to blow up my own spot now because hmm. uh, I couldn't have any member of Reeking Aura saying, "Yo, Will's Will doesn't even know Will's, Will's a hypocrite. He's talking shit. He's does he's he would he's, never he's, say that. He's losing it because there was a time there was I think this was like maybe a year or two ago. It was sometime during like the pandemic time. And I was reading that book, I think. So I was like sampling all of the Finnish bands I was reading about. And uh, I tried to listen to this album by Sentenced, and I don't think I had the patience for it. I don't, you know, sometimes you just, the heart wants what it wants sometimes when you're listening to music, and sometimes you're not ready to dive into an album for whatever reason, right? Sure, of course. That's why sometimes it takes me a few months to even, a band I love put a record out, I'll wait, I'll sit on that, I'll let it simmer. Yeah. I'll dive into that. Yeah, and I think I was on, like, I've already set this standard in my head as a metal fan of Finnish death metal of like the first Amorphous album, Demolich, Adramalek, Demigod. So to kind of like squeeze other bands into my understanding of Finnish death metal is a delicate experience, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when I was reading this Rotting Ways to Misery, uh, the Finnish death metal book, it was like too much at once. So I listened to this sentenced album and it was, I, my ears were not ready. I had to oh. cleanse the palate maybe, so to I speak. See. And I remember telling you guys in the group text in less flattering terms uh, than I use on the podcast that it wasn't for me. I think I compared some of the guitar soloing to Metallica. Um, I don't recall. I, I honestly don't recall speaking about this album. You're, you're, Inter you're very interesting. You're kind. You're kind. But but I all, all I'm saying about well the only reason I'm bringing this out I don't want anyone from Reek and Aura being like yo I you heard the heavy hole the other day Will's out the band he's a hypocrite no I'm owning up to this I gave this album a second chance um, I still will say I feel like there's some early 80s Metallica-esque, Thrash-esque influences maybe that shine through the death metal. Yeah. Like, it's 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 what we've come to expect from that old-school Scandinavian death metal. There's a lot of maybe what you could compare to Carnage and uh, the first Entombed album and Nihilist. It's right. raw. It's the vocals. And then typical of uh, some of the Finnish bands, they kind of, they, they add a, like, maybe an extra hint of melancholy of melody but the the way these guys i feel like they 
they maybe like stayed true to their own personal roots writing this album as guys that probably you know did the natural progression most people do like iron maiden metallica megadeth yeah, whatever it is yeah. slayer then you get into the death metal so it's and they were probably very young when they recorded this yeah, album and this was right around that this is you know this is and justice for all well you know 89 this was probably recorded 90 yes yeah. So to to say that this has parts of it that remind me of Metallica in the songwriting and in the performance, you hear that? It's well, it's not really insulting. I mean, it's like you know, it, it it is what it is, man. And I gave this album a say, and and there's more to this album than just that. You know, all I'm saying is that was something that for some reason didn't stick to me uh, a while back. But I'm 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 uh, reversing my course with this album. I'm glad you brought it to my attention. It's cool because if people, I'm sorry, just what like if people, yeah, yeah. you know, the whole Demi guy. Demi Lich, drama. Like this is, this is not in that um, style. This is something that is more for for fans of the traditional, maybe even more Swedish bent of, yeah. of death metal. Um, uh, but there's something very thrash about it too, and not just in the not just in the skank beats or you know or in the fast riffing. There's something thrash about the breakdown parts and the soloing too. So that's all I'll say. I agree. Yeah. And the f- first riff. Actually, there's a uh, intro riff to the first song when the moment of death arrives, and that, after it breaks down and that first riff starts, man, I want to murder people when that riff comes on. <laughs> that is the sickest, heaviest riff. So I, I don't know, man. <clears throat> this record just hit me. Uh, you know, I listened to it a long, long time ago, and I revisited it, and uh, it just hit me pretty well. Uh, and you know, I, I I'm not familiar with much of their catalog except for the that 94 album which was very different it's very light and uh, you know as far as in comparison it's different vocalist uh you know it's it's cool but you know i liked it back then but it doesn't compare to this in my opinion Mm. and and it was only three years later yeah that's right they kind of accelerated at a very rapid pace when you look at their discography i think right they they got way into that kind of uh medieval doom folksy stuff what like they 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 cover territory man I, you know i can't even really speak to it myself so much because i it's not like i said i haven't heard all their albums but yeah this, same here I don't, i'm not familiar with the later stuff this is cool though and if you have a fascination like i do sometimes for bands that had a really brutal cool doomy death album and then uh, expanded their sound a little bit through the years. Sometimes it's cool to go back and listen to that like more more simple Caveman album they put out at first. So this is definitely cool shit, man. Um, and then listen to some of the stuff they did later, so you get where this came from. It's it's, it's a cool album, man. Um, Sentenced Shadows from the Shadows of the Past came out on uh, it says Thrash Records, nineteen ninety one, man. So um, I know there's been certain reissues that that are floating about. You could probably get it. Yeah, I got a, unfortunately, I got a boot, a very nice boot, which I did not, I was not aware of. But, you know, this is, you know, the original version of this is very valuable, so I should have been more aware. But, you know, it it looks nice. I'm probably not, I'm going to probably buy the Century Media uh, reissue. Um, 95, maybe they put it out as a double disc, and it has all the demo stuff and stuff uh, from that time, too. Beautiful. This album has actually three different covers: the original cover, uh, the Century Media issue, and I believe there's a there's a third, like a wood a wood carving. So there's like three different album covers for this record. 
There's also what's the album after this? Was that North from Here or was there? I th- you know, let me let me look that up. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah North from Here '93 and then yeah. There's also Spine a, Farm put out that second album. There's a CD I think that Century Media might have put out of the first two albums in one CD, which is probably hard to find too. Man, I was doing I was doing my Discogs homework on this band a while back when I was going through that that whole period. But um, yeah, man, we'll bring in Sentenced uh, Shadows of the Past, uh, 1991. Thank you, Tom. Okay. All right. So uh, that we're back. That was a sentence uh, from uh, Finland. Shadows of the past, 1991. We're still going to stay in Scandinavia. We're still going to stay old school. Um but I'm going to I'm going to throw you for a little bit of a loop here. We're going to we're going to update it to the year um hold on one second. What year was this? This was 2001. Two, really th- yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. 2001. Uh thank you, Rick. With a band Portal, not the one you're thinking of though. Portal from Sweden. Uh, with their album forthcoming, full-length album that came out on CDN Records from Canada. Uh, we talked about them when we had uh, Cam Schwartz on from Growl, the death metal documentary. We did a whole episode with him. He talked about CDN Records of Canada. Uh, 2001, they put out forthcoming by the band Portal. That's Portal from Sweden, not to be confused with Portal from Australia, obviously. Um I I did a, back when I was in Biolich and we put out our 2001 demo. I traded a few copies to CDN Records and kind of just like randomly received a bunch of stuff from them. Uh, and this like a promo version, I guess, of this was was one of the CDs I I got when I listened to. I wore it out, man. I loved this album back in the day. I still will spin it sometimes. Uh, Rick, I'll let you take over though, because I'm curious what your reaction is. Excuse me. Well, I was gonna ask where you. Uh discovered this because there's really not much online about this record i mean you'll see it you'll see the uh the metallium uh entry and uh maybe a write-up on uh, sputnik a little a small one but there's not much on it and uh, the only uh place that i can find to listen to it is that youtube link you sent me mm. and i'm not a big youtube guy as far as i gotta keep the phone on and, and open and all this and that so it was hard uh I wish it was more available to listen to, but I, I did wind up buying it on CD immediately. Nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, 10 bucks free shipping on Discogs. But this one is good, man. It reminds me of, even though this is about six, seven years later, it reminds me of the first In Flames album a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah. Lunar Strain, the tone, the guitar tone, a lot of the riffing, the harmonies. You know, and I know people shit on In Flames, and, and we've talked about that on this show too. But that first album has got good, it's got good shit, in my opinion. And this kind of reminds me of that. So I'm, I'm thinking there's some influence there. Yeah, this, you're probably absolutely right. They are, they're a Swedish band. Um, 
that, yeah, you know, I will, of course, we all know Portal of Australia kind of blew up, uh, rightfully so. Great band with a lot of really interesting music still in the game. Got a great label, too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, that's a profound lore. So this Portal from Sweden um, is obviously kind of uh, overshadowed now in this day and age. And this is an album that's about that's over 20 years old. Hard for me to even say that. But it's worth a peek if you can find it online or on CD somewhere. Or like, like Rick said, um, uh, get the CD on Discogs or, or open up YouTube and look for Portal forthcoming. Um, it's This, to me, was kind of like my exposure uh, in the early 2000s as kind of like a very elitist, gore-grind, brutal death metal guy um, to viking metal metal. yeah melodic just like you know this is kind of like what i always thought amon amarth should sound like you know what i mean like this to me is like you know there's a because it sounds like it's a there's a little bit more depth to the songwriting it's not as uh i don't want to say amon amarth is tongue-in-cheek i don't even want to single out amon amarth but you know it's just not as gimmicky it's just it has that epic doom quality and they bring there's kind of clean vocals but they're they're very rare very rare yeah it's and it's um i don't know airy the the clean vocals are more like background ethereal like uh sound effects that's you know what i mean it's more like a a instrument or not not really featured yeah, a backing vocal. So that, yeah, I guess you know the main point is that this is it's 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 an exceptional album. It's well written, uh, well it's it's all pulled off well. It's it's all, the performances yeah. are great, and it's a shame that this band didn't go on to do more, uh, and that this album isn't remembered uh, as much as as it, as it could be, especially in this age where I feel like this type of metal it was probably a little bit ahead of its time, too, because this type of metal didn't really. You know, well, I, I'm sure in Europe this type of metal has its own history and popularity, but to to see this type of stuff blow up stateside, the way some of the more Viking and folksy metal bands have, and that sort of thing. Um, not that this is even like a Viking themed band; it just kind of has that epic quality and epic doom. I'll say, um, I think that type of stuff it, it wasn't the climate for that in 2001, going into right. the early 2000s. You know what I mean? If anything, they, absolutely. So I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, they probably saw that as a little bit day. That's probably something you went through with Gray Skies Fallen in the in the music climate of the early 2000s. I think I've asked you guys about that. You know, certain. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, what. On the other hand, we that 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 was our height. So like. Uh, if we had a height, that was the time when we were doing we were doing the big the big fest and and whatnot. Um, so I would I would gladly uh, I would gladly go back to two thousand and two thousand one for Grace guys. But um, these guys they put a record out a full length their second one thirteen years later in twenty fourteen. So oh, they shit. have a second full length album. I never looked for that man. I got yeah, I got and, and uh, it's called For All That Is Damned to Vanish twenty fourteen uh, full length. Um, on um, Vic Records. Vic, uh, did you happen to spin it? I did not because I just okay. looked this up uh, yesterday as well. So I all just right, fair enough. One. That's interesting because that's about like thirteen years later they they come yeah. back with an album. So I'm gonna definitely look for that and check that out too, man. Portal from Sweden. I can't co-sign the second album, but I will check it out. The listeners can check it out too. But uh, yeah, forthcoming is definitely worth a spin. Um, like you said, if you like that first in Flames album, um, if you if you like, uh, I would say just epic quality, well written doom death metal. 
Um, it's it's definitely you know whatever the variety is, man. It's it's this is just worth a spin, man. If you appreciate good good melodic agree, yeah. songwriting. It doesn't get too sappy. It doesn't get too hokey. You know what I mean, man? It's it's just epic and, and quality. Yeah, yeah. And I will and I will say about the second album, I'm gonna check it out because it's the same lineup, which is awesome. Twelve years later, they had the same lineup. That's 13, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. you don't see that too often, right? Awesome. I can't man. get the same lineup on two albums in a row. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't, I can't, I'm in like three or four different bands, man. Let alone just being at a, least Afterbirth. Afterbirth, you got a steady lineup there all the time. Yeah, man. I'm I'm the new guy, but at least the uh, the three guys behind me are OGs, man. You know, we we usually have like the most original members. Uh, even though I'm the new guy, we usually have the most <laughs> original members when we play a show. So, um, <laughs> but but yeah, shout out to those guys. So, uh, any final thoughts on Portal forthcoming? 2001 no that's awesome awesome album and i'm happy you pointed that out because i would never have heard you know you you sent me the portal album i was like i have this album i mean i saw portal i was like i have the latest portal album what is this and then it's obviously a different band i was like oh shit and then beautiful, beautiful. right up my alley yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, beautiful, uh, melodic, epic, doom, death. Uh, definitely worth yeah. a spin, man. Portal uh, with forthcoming from 2001. Take it away, Tom. It was just a Thank you, Tom, man. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Portal with Forthcoming. I hope you enjoyed uh, Sentenced with Shadows of the Past. And if you didn't, give it another spin like I did, man. Sometimes you're not in the right mood for that sort. Sometimes you got to relax. Uh, take it down a notch, man. Take a break. You know, doing too much. Um, Rick, let me know if I'm doing too much here, okay? You're doing nice. You're, doing, right. you're taking a, a nice pace right now. <laughs> a nice brisk pace. We're moving yeah. on. We're wrapping it up, man. Uh, shout again to Yuri from Cryptic Disillusion, man. Thank you to our guest today, uh, Rick. Thank you for co-hosting and um, absolutely all our, our our renegade uh, renegade uh, group of uh, co-hosts rotating in. And I shout to Sam and Dave and Terrell and uh, Tom and Justin, everybody, man. We, we love you guys. The whole heavy whole podcast team out here. We're doing things behind the scenes. I want to, um, I got a couple of things coming up. I want to talk about to the people we got, by the time you hear this one, we're going to be talking about uh, Vitus February 10th will be over by the time this episode comes out. So they were there or they weren't. Okay. Uh, yeah. but but uh, and by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, even though it's over uh, by now, just for me and you to talk about it, that's probably gonna probably gonna sell out in a couple of days. So that's uh, people better get their tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Outer Heaven um, added to that play. We wish Thanafaxith could have uh, made it to that event, but um, Outer Heaven uh, get, getting thrown on the bill. Yeah, it's great, man. Good, uh, good, to, good to have those guys on the bill. So yeah, that's it's gonna be a great show, man. Looking forward to that. Uh, and in case you miss it, um, we're we're gonna be uh, with uh, Exsanguinated. Um, uh, my other band is gonna be playing with Coronary Thrombosis, Torturous Inception, Internal Bleeding, and Vomit Forth, Tuesday, February the twenty first at the Meadows in Brooklyn. Get there early. It's That's two, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Take I don't off. have to go to that. It's Tuesday. I can go. Sneak out of work early if you have to, man. It's gonna be one yeah. of those days, man. It, it's it's gonna be sick, man. We're looking forward to that. Uh, March third, Amityville Music Hall in Long Island. 
Mortician. Titian. Titian. Mortician back on Long Island. I don't know how long it's been. I got, I've got. i been telling people I got to look this up, but Mortician back on Long Island. It's been a minute. I know it's been a minute since they played Long Island. Um, glad to have them. Afterbirth going to be part of that party experience. Uh, glad to be loaning support there. Uh, Thetis, shout out to Terrell. Uh, and the whole gang, man. Um, uh, Stacked show, man. Yeah, and Bowel Erosion opening it up. A strong four. We're just happy to be there, man. So check that out. That's going to be March the 3rd at Amityville Musical. Um, St. Vitus Bar back there, March the 15th. Uh, not for a show. Uh, Rick, I don't know. Maybe did you hear last week's episode? Well, it'll probably be like two weeks ago by the time the, the listeners is. But we interviewed John Lambert of Noise Dosage Media, who has directed his new documentary film, Between Exaltation and Aggression, an underground extreme death metal documentary film. Did, did not hear that episode. I, I, I did not. I'm not going to hold it against you because if you or the listeners didn't, you can go back and check out our interview with John Lambert of Noise Dosage Media, and he'll talk all about that movie. You can check out the movie. It's very long on YouTube, and they're doing a screening of it March the 15th at St. Vitus Bar. Um, halfway through the movie, because it is a very long film, there's an intermission in which John and myself, uh, I'll be there representing Heavy Hole Podcast, are going to be talking with John McKenty live on stage for the crowd. We're going to do Q&A and all sorts of stuff. John McKenty of Incantation. Pretty um, awesome, man. Legend in the scene. Yeah, John Lambert of Noise Dosage Media set this all up. We're just happy to be part of it. Thank you to him for inviting us from the Heavy Hole Podcast team down there. It's going to be all ages and $20 at the door with all profits going to charity to feed people in need in the New York City area. Um, we're not making any money off of that, too. Um, so there's that, March 15th, the movie release party. You can check out Noise Dosage Media for more info on that. And our episode from a few weeks back with John Lambert of Noise Dosage Media. Moving forward, uh, April the 23rd, which is a Sunday, so this starts at 6.30, uh, um, early on a Sunday, April 23rd at Amityville Music Hall, uh, Exsanguinated, um, my other band that does not feature Rick, but Rick's got our back, I know that, uh, but it does feature our drummer, Sam Sherrick, uh, of, of Reeking Aura and members of Carcosa, uh, Exsanguinated, we're very happy to be there uh, providing support for Not One Truth from New Jersey, also playing Mal Bolger from Long Island, a brand new death metal band out there. Mal Bolger from Long Island, it's a new band, Rick. Uh, from, from uh, have, you, have you heard them yet? They're ignorant. They're, okay, so, yeah, it's... So they're Long Island uh, death metal band. Basically. It's like, yeah, it, it sounds South Shore. It sounds South Shore Suffolk. It sounds like when you walk outside at Shakers and you're kind of just looking around at things, man. It's, it's a con- okay. it's a compliment. They're an ugly, brutal what, band. What, what what would Dare, like, if you had to say, like, the area of Dare Studios sound like? Kiss? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. It sounds like a Kiss cover band. Like... <laughs> <laughs> It's Vinnie Vincent Invasion. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Pete and Dare Studio, man. Afterbirth's yeah. home base of operations. Like the Superman Fortress of Solitude. Afterbirth yeah. Afterbirth has Dare Studios, man. Yeah, that's a... That's well, a... I mean, that's where we got our started, yeah. too, man. Our yeah. first, we recorded the Eve of Morning demo at, Air, at Dare Studios. The pre-Grey Skies Fallen demo wow. was recorded there. Wow. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that, man. That's interesting. Yeah. And the first Grey Skies Fallen demo also recorded there crazy buckshot facelift wrote our first album i mean buckshot facelift so much history there man a lot of history yeah that place man my cousin was the engineer he engineered the album album. our first demo used to work there my cousin will yeah Yeah. shout out to will 
CJ. <laughs> CJ disappeared one day. I was, this dude was chill, man. We love CJ, and he just vanished. He's like this hippie guy. He just was like real chill. Yeah, he just well, there's there's a rumor about that, but we won't get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss CJ, man. He we was miss good CJ, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sicilian boy. He yeah, might, yeah, I remember that. He might be there. He might be out on the run to this day. <laughs> but, oh, shit. Yo, Rick, speaking of on the run, you got to run to get this. New York City, May the 24th. It's going down. Dark funeral. Whoa, shit. Come on, buddy. Listen. Wow, all these six shows, man. Get Drag Sal out of bed. He'll go to that. He'll go to that. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. He'll think, oh, I'm going to go to the black metal show. I'm going to go to the evil show. You know, I'm going to go there in disguise because I don't, because me, if he, well, all right, we'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, Dark Funeral is touring with Cattle Decapitation. That's an interesting pairing, and I like wow. it. Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I, here's one thing I'm going to say about Cattle Decapitation um, they do have a somewhat polarizing sound. Um, not, not for everyone. And I think they, they probably know that and, and, and enjoy that. I, I, if, if I know anything, I think Cattle Decapitation realizes that they have a very sharp polarizing sound, uh, that, that you either love or hate. I enjoy them for what they do. Cattle Decap. I'd love to talk to Travis on the show one day. I'm sure he's a very busy guy. Um, but even if you're not a fan of their records, Seeing them live is a whole experience unto itself. I was fortunate uh, years ago. I was in a band that that got to tour supporting Cattle Decap for a, a week or two, and um, it was great. I watched them every night live uh, and and really enjoyed it, man. Especially that guy Travis's vocals. He does that kind of. It's kind of like a shrill, almost like a. Not like not like like when Rob Halford of Judas Priest or. Or Udo from Accept is at their like most gobliny tone. He does something that's kind of like that, man. It's cool. But what anyway, date is that May what? May the twenty fourth in New York City. Oh, you got own. Dark Funeral and Cattle Decapitation with support from two hundred stab wounds. That's mm. a that's a young band that is on the come up. They are doing a lot of work. They are doing a lot of touring. Two hundred stab wounds has been out there. We should talk to them and Black Braid. Um, the, uh, the opening support of that tour, apparently, which I don't know much about Black Braid, but I read that they are some sort of, uh, indigenous, um, black metal, uh, indigenous population, uh, uh, representing black metal or something of that nature. Maybe I hope I don't have that wrong, huh. but that's the, that's the word on the very street. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very interested in that whole tour, man. May 24th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to probably go to that, which is going to be difficult because four days previously, uh, four days prior to that, I'll be at Terminal 5 in New York City seeing Halloween, which uh, is going oh, to be wow. the ultimate show of the year. What's that, the, yep. the 20th? The 20th. The tw- uh, I'm not sure if it's still – I got tickets about eight months ago. Wow. So I don't know if there's still tickets. But yeah, wow. Yeah, as soon as okay. they went on sale. So that was the great – 2018 Halloween at Irving Plaza was the great – top three show of all time so <laughs> the goal this time is to uh meet mr hansen mr kai hansen because i hear he just chills out before the show i gotta go i gotta, I gotta find this guy and be like yo let's pay homage wow so I, I don't usually get starstruck or whatever but if you talk about like my like musical guitar gods and whatnot kai is up there man so love that guy wow big halloween fan rick i, I didn't realize that man yeah, you know, I mean, 
Oh, oh. Well, I mean, I knew you loved Halloween. Okay, I'll say this. I knew you were a big Halloween fan. That's going too far. Didn't realize that it went to that degree where you would buy tickets. I'm not a big power metal guy. Where you would buy tickets eight months in advance and be aspiring to meet your your guitar (laughs) hero. Okay, that's where I I realized we were on another level with this. Yeah, I mean, l- last time that sold out, they had to add another show, so I anticipated uh, quickly, you know, buying the ticket. Actually, they bumped into a. Uh, I think Terminal Five is larger than Irving Plaza. I've been obviously to both places, but Terminal Five, I was only there like once. Saw Opeth there uh, with In Flames. It was an interesting show, but uh, it was a cool venue. This should be a sick show, so that's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on that week. Mm. All right, man. So, yeah, there's a lot of good shows coming up this summer. Oh, they're announcing all these tours now, man. Some of the tours are crazy. Some of them are a little eh. Some of them, you still got these bands pairing up with, with, with weirdos. You got good bands pairing up with weirdos. You still got that out there. But not <laughs> not that Dark Funeral Cattle Decat. Because, you know, uh, speaking of good pairings, the Dark Funeral was just all over the United States. Like a few months ago, they were touring with Cannibal Corpse, um, right. Black Anvil, and Immolation. And I was very upset. And protested the fact on this podcast many times that they were not performing in New York for that tour. I was this actually Dark Funeral and me are cool now. Makes up for it. Yeah, we're we're, we're good again. <laughs> right. We're we're good again. I'm, I'm yeah, that's an interesting guys. skip. How, how do you skip? I mean, I guess it's logistics or whatnot. But how do you skip New York on a package like that? You would think maybe like you put that at a. At the... I mean, for all we know in the music industry, Dark Funeral might have known they were hitting New York on this tour, and maybe the other bands were yeah, like, "We're you know, we're all the other bands are all like from New York." You know, we claim Cannibal right. in, in New York. We claim Cannibal Corpse, even though they're like, even though like they're like originally from like all the way upstate New York, and like that was like forty years ago. We're still gonna claim Cannibal Corpse as New Yorkers. <laughs> right. Oh man! All right. Well, Rick, I thank you for your time. Um, I thank you for your recommendation. Any other shows coming up you're going to? Just the Halloween and like um I'm going to London for Camel as I talked about oh, that's previously. Right. Uh, yeah. that's in that's on your birthday and then uh and uh just some uh shows that we're planning on playing and that's that's all I'm that's all I'm focused on. You know? Okay. Don't give things a in the, things that were things in the in the planning process right now. All right. Don't yeah. don't yeah. say don't say the date yeah. for the camel show because you just gave people a rubric to figure out my birthday. Oh, shit. yeah. If they yeah. figure out the London camel show. The big show, mystery. Yeah, yeah, the big mystery. Yeah. 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 But that's only the. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't look it up. I I have like three birth certificates and a few identities anyway. I got kids in so many states now. But that's that's <laughs> why I'm trying to get the bands on tour all the time. Oh, to see God. them, I understand. Yeah. You gotta say no to, to, to duck them. They're, they're, they're coming to New York. I gotta get. <laughs> oh, I see. I get exactly. a me- we're gonna go visit them. Uh, a yeah, no, times. I get a message. I'm coming to New York with the kids. I gotta go. I gotta go on tour. No, listen, I'm kidding. I have no legitimate kids that I claim out there, um, or 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 uh, uh, wives or anything, man. I'm I'm a, I'm a solo artist in that respect. But uh, Rick, I haven't been a solo artist tonight. Thank you for your candor, sir. Thanks for having uh, me, man. and your recommendation, man. My loyal co-host, bandmate, and friend, Rick. Beeb on the show. You can check out Grace Guys Fallen and all the usual spots out there, the social medias and the band camp. Look out for the new Grace Guys Fallen album. You're gonna see it. Um, it's not slip and slide records, trick that we shout to trick daddy, but he, he, he was not the highest bidder. Um, we're not going to spill the beans on this, but you're going to see the new Grace Guys Fallen when it drops. Please check that out. Uh, reeking, reeking aura. 
we can't announce some of the stuff. We got some. We got a lot of percolation going on right now in the in the booking uh, realm. So look for Reeking Ore this year. We can't really announce anything that we didn't announce already on the show. That the the thing with the guys for the Long Island. We can't announce that. That's not announced yet. The Long Island yeah, thing exactly. with the guys. Okay. The, yeah. The guy. I, I will. I will say that we're we're starting to write a bit more. So songs are coming together and. Uh... You know, I'm gonna whip everybody's ass into shape, and we'll be in that studio before you know it. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I picture like a uh, Goro from Mortal Kombat situation. If you were just like, <laughs> yes. like how many like arms? They do with the arms, right? Two guitars. You know what I mean? Oh, just like writing, writing the the rhythm and the 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 solo at the same time, just all coming out. I wish I could do that <laughs> with the third eye. Yeah, bro, decalcify <laughs> that pineal gland. Listen to Blood Incantation. <laughs> Oh, man, we hope that we decalcified your pineal gland tonight on the Heavy Hole Podcast. Uh, thanks to Yuri um, from Cryptic Disillusion, man. Check out them for some old-school death metal, man. We love that shit, man, um, that that grimy, uh, mid-tempo, doomy shit that they do, man. And uh, also, um, <sighs> Existence Slaves. <laughs> I almost forgot his other band name, man. Check them out, too, man. Um, and check out the Heavy Hole Podcast on Patreon, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com for your comments, questions, and inquiries. You want us to talk about a topic or a band, reach out to interview someone, let us know. The voicemail number should be in the description wherever you're reading this. Leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll play it if it's not completely unhinged and you're not like, and you're not even making sense. Like, maybe, maybe you need to eat something for your blood sugar. I don't know, but like, we'll play it other than that. You know what I mean? Recommend a band, talk about something that's bothering you, talk about something you like, talk about, you just saw a show, whatever you want, man. Uh, let us know about that on a heavy hole voicemail. Uh, we're on Do some, you have any sightings of Sal? If you see Sal in public, call yes, him. yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We, we saw him at extremes on the sunrise highway in the parking lot getting kicked out. <laughs> no, it's not extremes is the place in the city. What's the place out here? What's the, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't even uh, Sunrise Highway Jericho Turnpike It's all the same to me Yeah 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 Alright we'll, we'll let the listeners Connect the dots Alright tough guy <laughs> Oh man uh, What was I saying Oh yeah the social medias The emails The phone numbers It's it's heavy hole If you made it this far You know what to do You're on the internet You can figure it out Alright reach out And touch somebody Like AT&T used to do Back in 1981 <laughs>